Good morning, you beautiful people. Wonderful. Praise God. It's wonderful to be here this morning, to be in the house of God with the people of God, and to be above all with the Lord. Amen. And what a blessing it is to be able to gather unto him. And where two or three are, there he is in our midst. And if the Lord is here, everything is possible. Do you understand that this morning? If the Lord is in a place, everything is possible. And it's possible for God to work miracles here among us this morning. Amen. I believe every time we come into the house of God, as a, in, whether we come in prayer or whether we come in worship, would we come to be taught, I believe the Lord has something for each one of us. And my prayer is this morning that God will speak to every heart, will speak to each person, to your need, to the cry of your heart, amen, that your faith will be strengthened and that God's glory will be revealed in you. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, this morning we come thankful for your wonderful presence here among us. And we thank you, Lord, for your word. And we ask this morning that you would anoint your message and you would anoint your messenger. Lord, that your word would be clear. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the churches this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I have a special message on my heart this morning. Many here are wanting to be baptized. Others are considering whether they should be baptized. I want to share with you a message this morning about discipleship and about baptism because I believe they go together. And if you'll turn with me in your Bibles this morning to Matthew 28, uh, verse 18, going to the familiar passage of Scripture, commonly known as the Great Commission. Amen. But this is what the Lord said to his disciples at the very time that he was preparing to ascend to the Father. Kind of the last word that the Lord spoke to them before he left. And as such, it bears importance. Amen. The first word and the last words are always important. And this last word to the church is very important. This last word to us is very, very important. Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and he spoke to them saying, all authority has been given me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. This passage speaks to our heart, speaks to the church. Amen. It speaks to us in a challenge that God doesn't just call us to be believers. He calls us to be disciples. Many times the efforts of the church in evangelizing have only gone, gone as far as getting people to believe. But I believe that's the first step. The next step is to follow Jesus as a disciple. He said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Amen. We won't stop to count how many nations are here in this room this morning, but there are several nations that are represented here this morning in this place. God says to every nation to make disciples. We are to make disciples, but if you're going to make disciples, guess what has to come first? You have to be a disciple. You have to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to speak to that this morning because he says, going as you go, do this. Go to every nation and do this. This is the work of the church is to disciple people to be followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And, and the, the Lord speaking with great authority and speaking with all authority said, go make disciples. There's nothing more important than being a disciple. 
and then having become a disciple to be one who helps others become disciples. And a disciple is what? A disciple is not just somebody who's taught, but it's someone who follows. Someone who follows. Amen. So many times when the Lord is dealing with us, we have questions. All people are like this. We have questions. And uh, we would really like the Lord to answer all of our questions before we go anywhere. Right? But the Lord kind of ignored people's questions. And he just said, follow me. If you follow him, you'll get your questions answered. You know, they want to say, well, where, where does he live? The other disciple says, come and see. In other words, follow us. <laughs> if you follow him, you'll find out. Amen. So the thing is, is following is the first step. Following is what leads us to the leader. And the leader is the teacher. He is the master. He is the Lord. And he will impart to us the things that we need to know in our heart. Amen. So the first step in discipleship is to recognize we are to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes we follow people. Let me just say, make sure the person you're following has his foot in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, you're going to be going in the wrong direction. Yeah. Amen. It's safe to follow somebody who's a follower, but learn to follow Jesus yourself. Yeah. Amen. That's a point of maturity. That's a point of growth. But I challenge you this morning, amen, to make it your focus. I want to be a disciple, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want this morning the cry of my heart. Wherever he goes, I will go. Wherever he leads, I will go. I will follow him and I will do what he wants me to do. Be a follower. Amen. In our world today, followers are sometimes uh, disparaged. You know, we, we, we live in an independent world. Who are you following? I've got nobody. I'm smarter than everybody else you know i don't need anybody right but i'm sorry this morning i need jesus i didn't just need jesus to get saved i need jesus to know how to live how to follow how to do what he wants me to do amen so there's a humility there's a submission in following and there is no shame in following jesus I mean, he will lead you where you need to go. I've followed him for 60 years. And I have to say, some of the steps were hard steps. But every step I ever took, took me to a place that was wonderful and beautiful. Amen. I, I, I mean, at some point, your, your following Jesus will be put to the test to some degree. Amen. I, I was halfway through college when the Lord called me to, to be... In the ministry and as I was right in the process of dealing with that calling upon my life I began to date a certain young woman and uh, I, I liked her very much she liked me very much uh, I had said it in my heart that this might be the person I want to marry and after about three or four months of being together she told me John I've got to break up I said why she says because I can never be a pastor's wife she was smarter than I was. She knew something I didn't know. And she was honest. She told me the truth. But once she told me that, and I realized it was a choice between her and following Jesus, even though it broke my heart to break that relationship, I knew I had to do that to follow the Lord. And there was no competition she told me, John, I love you, and I'd marry you in a minute if you weren't a minister. I thought, if that's the price of, of being with you, I can't pay that price because I have made a commitment to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm going to follow his call on my life. That was a costly decision. But I tell you this morning, what I gave up is nothing compared to what I got. So, if I'd got what I'd wanted, I'd miss what God had for me. That would have been a tragedy. Men, 
I love my wife. We've been together for 50 years, and I love her now more than ever. And I see the beauty of what God has given us. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Amen. But there's times in your following Jesus that you have to unfollow somebody else. You get that, folks, on the Internet. Sometimes you have to unfollow somebody because they may be going somewhere you don't want to go. <laughs> and if they are, don't go with them. Anyway, but the, the first act of obedience of a disciple is to be baptized. And I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about what that means and the power of baptism. Because the first thing the Lord says is baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, that should not just be a simple formula. That should be an understanding. We're baptized in the name, not names, name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the name of the Lord. There's one name given under heaven whereby men must be saved. Amen. And that is the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But there is, here the scripture speaks of the Father. And we need a Father. Amen. We need a godly, holy, heavenly Father. Amen. I thank God that I had a good earthly Father. But I need a heavenly Father. An eternal relationship with the living God where he embraces me as his son or as a child. For those of you who are women. Amen. He embraces us. And we are, have that identity with him as our Father, Jesus teaching the disciples prayed. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. He said, when you pray, pray this way. Begin with our Father, which art in heaven. Amen. Do you realize what a privilege it is to call the God of the universe, the one who created all of the heavens and the earth, to call him Father? That is an incredible, incredible thing to be able to know the Lord as a father, the creator of the universe. Amen. The one who breathed life into us now takes us under his wings. He is going to be our father. But also in the name of the Son, the obedient Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who came from heaven above to live a sinless life in perfect obedience to the father whatever the father has shown me to do i do i have come to do the will of the father we have in this relationship to the son a relationship to the one who overcome overcame he said in the world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer i've overcome the world amen through jesus christ we become overcomers Amen. He overcame so we can overcome. He came so we can go, in a sense. Does that make sense? He gave his life that we might live. Hallelujah. The name of the Son. In the name of the Holy Spirit. Again, nothing to be ashamed of. In fact, if you are ashamed of the Holy Spirit, you should be ashamed but not of the Holy Spirit. Because we need to identify with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is God in us. And that's, that's mouthful I just said there. Remember, Pastor Patricia Ruthford went on a 40-day fast in 1987, and while she was fasting those days, as much as I could, I was working full-time at the time, but as much as I could, I would fast with her. And I'd fast four or five days at a time and then uh, go back and fast another five or six days or whatever. And the last part of that fast, four or five days, I can't remember what it was exactly, I went where she was and we, we clo I was there with her as she closed out that fast. And it was one of the most beautiful times in, in, in my life and in our relationship with her because we had such an incredible communion during that time. I mean, at the end of a 40-day fast, you, there isn't much between you and Jesus. I mean, there's, it's just 
I mean, it's, you're, there's, there's just something incredible about it. But for three or four days, we sat and we sang hymns, sang songs, quoted scriptures, just enjoyed an incredible communion with the Lord. And uh, Pastor Pat, having gone that long without food, <laughs> was pretty weak. And, uh, but then she was leaning back on her chair and she said, John, I just saw something. She says, I've never seen this before. She says, the Father is God in heaven. Jesus is God in the earth. And the Holy Spirit is God in us. And I've never heard such a beautiful description of the power of the three who are the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But to be baptized into their name is to be identified with them. Amen? When Judy and I got married, she took my name. She didn't take it all. She just took my name along with me. Okay? But that gave us a common identity. We were John and Judy Ingstrom. Everything we had in the bank, we had together. Everything we ever owned, we owned together. Amen. Because she had my name. And them having my name gave her access to everything that I had and everything that I was. And so we are to be baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ with the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because that is a way that we are identified with the Lord. And the disciple needs to be identified. There are many disciples, but you and I are to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are to be identified by that name, that wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. So baptism is taking that name. In a sense, it's like a marriage ceremony in that you're taking his name. You're taking his name. We baptize you in the name of of the Lord in the name of Jesus. But there's also a picture in baptism because as we baptize over here in the baptistry, we baptize you by immersion. Okay? There's about two and a half, three feet of water. But we take you and the first thing we do is we bury you. We put you under the water. You're dying to your old life. You're dying to your old self. You're dying to sin. You're dying so that you can be made alive again. So there's a picture first of dying, but then there's a picture of burial. Now, if you really want to get rid of something, what do you do with it? You go bury it. You bury the garbage. You bury whatever. But you, that's kind of a way to get rid of something. Go bury it. Get rid of it. Amen. And when we're baptizing, we are laying down our past. We're laying down our shame. We're laying down everything that we were formerly. And we're having it buried with Christ in the waters of baptism. And then there's a picture as the person comes out of the water of resurrection. We're raised up to newness of life in Christ Jesus. Amen. It's powerful. Paul said it this way in Romans 6, 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? There's some Christians who believe that, but I don't. Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we're buried with him through baptism into death, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. Where we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, our old man was crucified with him. What do you do with the old man? Kill him and bury him. <laughs> Best thing to do with the old man. He won't give you his trouble. Amen. If you're, he's dead, he's dead. 
Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be the slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Baptism is far more than a confession. It is a presentation of our bodies to the Lord. Verse 8 says, Now we, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. And knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more, death has no longer, no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also. Likewise, you also. Reckon yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Both of those are important. Reckon yourself dead to sin, but don't just stop there. As a young Christian, I always wanted to die to self. I always wanted to die to sin. Well, let me tell you what, you can't do that. Not of yourself. You can't. You can't get rid of that. You can't, I mean, I know we're ashamed of those things and we'd like to be rid of them. But we can only be rid of them by identifying with the Lord and taking that freedom that he has given us, amen, to be free from those things. Bury your sin. Bury your guilt. Bury your shame. Bury your guilt. Bury your shame. Amen? Once a person is in Christ Jesus, guilt and shame have no place in your life. But as you do that, also bury your blame. All of us can blame someone for the sin in our life. But bury your blame. Don't carry it out of the grave. Bury it and leave it there. It's a good way to be free. It'll put you in a new place. Set you free. But bury your memories. Because... A lot of times we, we, we're so concerned about what, what we did and what we've done in the past. And uh, there's an old parable. It's, I don't know where it came from, but some, some truth in it that this Christian dies and he gets to heaven and St. Peter's welcomed him in through the pearly gates. And the believer says, the first thing I want to do now that I'm here in heaven is I want to see where you buried my sins. Peter's face kind of contorts. and Well, I remember that we buried him. I can't remember where we buried him. He says, well, I'm going to ask Jesus. He says, good luck with that. Because he can't even remember burying him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our sins from us. Amen. The memory of your sin, those things, the Lord wants to set you free from that. And believe me this morning, God can set you free. After walking with the Lord for 60 years, I think if I met that guy who got saved way back then, I wouldn't even recognize him. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't like him. But the thing is, is because God has changed my life. But I cannot even remember those things that once dominated my thinking, dominated my emotions. I can't remember them because those things have been taken away in Jesus Christ. I mean, he didn't just die that we might be forgiven. He died that we might be cleansed. He died that we might be set free, that we might be delivered out of darkness into his glorious light. Get used to living with the lights on, folks. When you're serving Jesus, you don't have to turn off the lights. My father was a bit of a, 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 a you know, whatever, a frugal. That's a good word. That's the right word. Thank you. Yes. And he always yelled at us going out, turn off the lights. I can tell you this morning, never turn out the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. Learn to live in the light. 
Learn to live in the light of his love, in the light of his truth. Amen. That's where the joy is. That's where the happiness is. That's where the freedom is. Living in the, the Lord and in living in his light. Amen. And that's why, amen, that we are baptized into his death and into his burial, into his resurrection. Do not underestimate the power of that death. Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul said, I, the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. And it's no longer me, but it's him. It's no longer me, but it's him. And that's what happens to those who make a commitment to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ and identify with him in his name, but also to identify him with him in his death and in his burial and in his resurrection. Amen. He did that for us that we might be free. The resurrection brings a new life. A new life. I love things that are new. Amen. I mean, I don't know any more about affording new cars, but I mean, there's something wonderful when you get into a new car. It's never been driven before and drive it for the first time. Right? It's just, you just know, you know, when I turn on the lights, they're going to work. When I flip on the blinkers, they're going to work. Everything's new. Everything smells new. It works right. It rides right. It's great when something's new. Well, the Lord wants us to live in that newness of life where he makes everything new. He makes us whole and he makes us new in Christ Jesus. Because we have... One thing baptism is, is it's a change of citizenship. And it's a change of ownership. Both. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I believe it is, likens baptism to the same as when the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea. On this side of the Red Sea, what were they? They were slaves of the Egyptians. But then they passed through those waters. Now two things that happened as they went through the waters. When they got free, and what happened to the enemy who was following them? He was killed in those waters. He was killed in those waters. And I tell you what, there's power in baptism to kill your enemies. So they can no longer pursue you. Because once you get on the other side of the Red Sea and those waters close, amen, you can't go back and they can't follow you. That's good news. That's good news. You don't want some of them critters following you, folks. We heard about them last week. They're ugly. They mean. They nasty. Yes, but just let them be baptized in the Red Sea permanently. Our baptism is temporary. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, they can stay down there. Amen. Because, but you see, when the children of Israel came out the other side, then suddenly they were Israelites. They were identified with where God was leading them, not where they had been. And that's the power of discipleship. We become identified with where God's leading us, not where we've been. Amen. And that's, that's wonderful, I think. It's wonderful. And it says, teaching them to obey all I have commanded you. Teaching them to obey. Man, at this point, it gets real interesting. What's the hardest part about parenting? Teaching your children to obey. Okay. But, we, <laughs> but if you're a wise parent, you'll keep working at it. <laughs> Man, you may never get there 100%, but any effort you make will be worthwhile. Amen, because it'll help that child be a responsible and adult. And, uh, but the thing is, is that there's, there is for us also, we have to be taught to obey. Taught to obey what Jesus said, do. What Jesus said, do. Jesus said at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, he who hears these sayings of mine and does them 
is like a wise man who builds his house upon the rock. He who hears and does them is like a wise man. Okay, so there's the doing of it in the doing of the Word of God. And, and somehow, you know, we just make this complicated, and it should not be complicated. Uh, I went with some of you a few weeks ago to see a wonderful movie called Sabina. And uh, the uh, voice of the martyrs have produced a full-length movie that is a featured uh, biography or part of the life of Sabina Vermbrand when she became a Christian in Romania just before the war and just before the, the, the Nazis came and occupied Romania. And then after the Nazis left, the communists came. And her husband ended up spending 14 years in a communist prison, never came out was put 30 feet under the ground, never heard a human voice other than the voice of his oppressors, never, there was no color, there was no sound, there was nothing there, there was no Bible, there was nothing, but he found out that Jesus was there, and Jesus was enough. For 14 years, Jesus was enough. Never saw the face of his wife, never saw the face of his son, never saw the sun shining, a flower, or anything else for 14 years, but God gave him the grace to do that. But his wonderful wife, Sabina, is such a beautiful example of obedience because she read in the Sermon on the Mount to love your enemies and to do good to them who despitefully use you. And she just says, well, if that's what Jesus wants me to do, then that's what I've got to do. Well, that was put to the test very shortly after that because there was a man who was one of their neighbors who came involved with the Nazis. And for a short period of time, he went up to the Ukraine. And while he was in the Ukraine, he actually killed Sabina's family. They had been arrested and they were taken to the Ukraine and they, they were put to death there. And this man encountered Richard Vermbrand and one night, and he came to him and said, I need to tell you that I have killed Sabina's family. Sabina was sleeping. Richard Vermbron says, Sabina will want to talk to you. He says, are you sure? He says, you know what she's going to do. She's going to love you. She's going to fix you something to eat. She's going to embrace you. He didn't, hadn't talked to his wife. He just went in, woke her up, said, there's somebody you need to talk to brought her out. This man told her what he had done. She went through her arms around him and said, I love you and I forgive you and kissed him on both cheeks. And she says, I've never kissed anybody but my husband and that man. But that man's heart was so touched by the power of her love and her forgiveness that he gave his heart to Jesus and became one of the main members of the church that they began there in Romania. Because she just, she just read that. You have to love your enemies. You have to do good to them who despitefully use you, to those who hurt you, to those who hate you. Love them and do good to them. It was for, she, didn't, she didn't try to qualify that. When do I do that? What if they did this? Should I really, if they did this much, do I still have to do that? She just read what Jesus said and said, that's what God wants me to do, and that's what I'm going to do. And because she had identified so completely with Jesus Christ, she found in him the strength to do what she could not have done otherwise. And so she was able to do what for most of us would be unimaginable. But God gave her the grace to do it. She said, well, this is what Jesus taught. And I believe he meant it. Now, I am betting, if I ask you to raise hands, there's a lot of people here who haven't read the Sermon on the Mount for a year, two years, three years, four years, five years, whatever. But you and I ought to make it our business to read through the Gospels two or three times a year. Because that's what Jesus said, and that's what Jesus did. Thank you, God, for the rest of the New Testament and the Old Testament. But we need to find out what it means to follow Jesus and to obey his commandments. You can't obey it if you don't know what it is. 
And it's up to us to take the time to inform ourselves and learn what it means to do what Jesus has called us to do. Because that's what it means to be a disciple, is to keep his commandments, to follow him where he goes. And obedience is a wonderful thing. I love it when the Lord calls me to obedience. It's always wonderful. It's always marvelous. Amen? It's not always easy, but it's always wonderful. Sometimes the Lord will ask you to do something you don't even know you can do. I had to preach before I knew how to spell it. But the Lord just picked me up and threw me in the deep end of the pond. Follow me. Follow me, because I'm a preacher. If you follow me, I'll make you one. You learn from him. You learn to do because you're following the Lord. And you can, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the power of being a disciple. That's the power of walking in his life. Amen? I want to challenge you this morning to make a decision to be a disciple. If you've never done that, make a decision to follow Jesus. Not just today, but for the rest of your life. The Lord called me when I was just about to turn 20 years old. The first, one of the first songs that I learned to sing, at the same time I was learning to play the guitar, and my family will tell you that I didn't learn very well. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I was one of the few young Christians in Utah, Wyoming, and Idaho who could play the guitar at all. So anyway... But one of the first songs that I learned to play was I have decided to follow Jesus. And everywhere I went as a pastor and as an evangelist, we'd sing that, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Goes on to say some other things about this. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. No turning back. No turning back. When Judy was facing her need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, <laughs> she was a little bit concerned about me because I was kind of a hard head when it came to submitting to the Lord and changing my ways because I had been taught one way and the Lord was trying to teach me another way and I was kind of slow to change. But the Lord kept speaking to Judy, Judy, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I think she paused and she waited to see if I'd go first and because I was so stubborn, she decided to go ahead of me. And she didn't know if that meant losing me or not. But I can tell you, her going first made a way for me. <laughs> There's two things I know. I'm going to follow Jesus and I'm going to stick with this gal. But, <laughs> but I made a commitment. And there's times where you don't know who's going to follow with you. Though none go with me, I still will follow. My cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. That's the other thing that we need to decide. I'm going to do this the rest of my life. I'm not going to consider anything else. I'm not going to think this through again. I'm not going to question whether I've made the right decision. I'm going to make this decision. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to carry this cross that the Lord has given to me until I see Jesus, the world behind me, the cross before me. There's nothing in this world that attracts me. Everything that I love and desire is in with the Lord and with his eternal kingdom. Amen. I'm grateful to be, amen, with wonderful people like you, but I'm telling you, amen, that this world and everything here is temporary, but there's things that are eternal. I believe this morning you and I will be sitting in heaven 10 jillion years from now having some wonderful conversations with the Lord and with one another. Amen. Because that life is forever. 
is everlasting life. And the Lord closes this passage with a promise. He says, Lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the earth. The Apostle Paul said to Timothy, his young disciple, For this reason I suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. For I know what I have believed and am persuaded he is able to keep what I have committed unto him until that day. I know whom I have believed. But the Lord said, I am with you always, even unto the end of the earth. As I was listening to Richard Vermbron, he was before, at, you know, he's Jewish. He was Jewish before he got saved. He's still Jewish. Still speaks fluent Hebrew. And he says, you know, here we have the Greek translation of what Jesus said. But he said in the Hebrew, there's no such thing as always. He said the Hebrew word is I will be with you in the morning and I will be with you all day. I will be with you in the morning and I'll be with you all day for all time. Amen. So it's a little different than we think when we say always. But what that means is every day I awake, I know the Lord is there. And if he'll be with me in the morning and he'll be with me all day. The Lord will be with you each step of the way and he'll take you where you need to go. Will you stand together with me this morning? Man, Debbie, can you sing that? You need the words. I got them right here. I have decided Let's sing it with her. To follow decision to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I just ask you to come to the altar this morning, have a conversation with the Lord. Cement it with him. Just come right now. Don't, don't hesitate. Just come. If you've never made that decision, come. Come be a disciple. Amen. A wonderful people here who are following Jesus. Come follow Jesus with us. Come follow Jesus. I know you may have questions. You know what the Lord says? Follow me. I'll take care of the questions. <laughs> well, what's going to happen next? Follow me and I'll show you. Amen. Jesus just said to the disciples, follow me. Didn't give him any more explanation than that. Just follow me. But that was enough for 12 men to leave what they were doing and follow Jesus. And I believe the Lord is speaking some here this morning. Follow me. 
follow me. There's some here this morning. You're at a crossroads. It's a very crucial time in your life. Because you've asked the Lord to walk with you. But now the Lord is going to ask you to walk with him. If that's you this morning, you're welcome to just come to the altar here. I mean, we don't have to pray for you. Just come and talk to the Lord about it. Amen. But there's no better place than to go where Jesus is. Amen. So lay down your fears. Lay down your doubts. And just make a decision this morning. I will follow him. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Mano and Lily, would you come, please? I want to pray for you this morning, please. Where are you? They're here, Hermanito, Lily. They were here. Did they leave? Man, it's... Oh, yes, yes. Come on, come on, come on. Yes. Man, this precious lady works with the ministry in Indonesia. I think these last two years have been pretty, too, pretty hard on you too. Because COVID puts a big block. You can't go and you can't come. If you're there, you can't come back. If you're here, you can't go. Man, the Lord, give me both your hands and my hand. Just give me one hand like this. Thank you. Jesus, Lord. The way is hard. The battle is great. But our faith is greater. Our faith is greater this morning. Lord, we rebuke the enemy. We rebuke the giants and command them to move out of the way. Who are you to defy the Lord? Who are you to stand between your God's children and their father? We rebuke you this morning in the name of Jesus. You have no authority. You have no power in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for these two precious people. And I pray, Lord, that you will fill their hearts with joy. You'll fill their hearts Lord, with a new, new, new strength, with new faith. Lord, you know what they have suffered, but Lord, your comfort is always greater than our suffering. And I speak the comfort of the Holy Spirit and ask it to be manifest in their lives today in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Lily. 
You have a family there. You have a family here. You need two families. <laughs> Amen. Because God really wants you to have all the love that you need. All the love that you need. Amen. Amen. Because it's been difficult. But I believe by God's grace, it's going to be easier and better now. Okay. Hallelujah. Lord bless you too. We love you. We love you. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Well, if you need to be baptized, next Sunday is a good day to get baptized. Amen. Here's water. What doth hinder us? Yes. So uh, anyway, if you need to be baptized, talk to one of us pastors. We'll be glad to give you some direction, some instruction. Men, Pastor John. We just give Pastor John a thanks. Amen. Again, if you need to baptize, get signed up. We want to give you that opportunity. But as as he was preaching, I just heard... um, Sometimes we've been so quick to look through the terms and conditions and just click okay. Right? If you get it, if you sign up for a new app, new service, come on, you know it. You just scroll and you're like, okay, okay, I agree. You don't even know what you agreed to. And how many know when you choose to follow Jesus with your life, you don't know everything you're agreeing to because you don't know where he's going to take you, but you trust him because you know he's good and that he's going to lead you in good good places he's a great shepherd and so i just want to encourage you in that message this morning to just let that go in your heart be surrendered and let god lead you this week and bless you amen and uh guide you in every step and so i just want to bless you this morning the lord bless you the lord keep you the lord make his face to shine upon you the lord lift up his countenance and give you peace amen be blessed in the name of the Lord. We'll uh, come join us tonight for a prayer if, uh, if you can. We'd love to see you. Amen. And if you need prayer, if you need prayer for anything else, uh, sickness or anything else, actually, Scott. Yeah, I just feel like the Lord gave me a word for that couple that were just up here for prayer, and I just felt like the Lord was saying that there's been a, like a brick wall that's been opposing you. But the Lord's going to pull that down and destroy it and turn it into rubble and make a walkway for you to walk where you couldn't walk before. Amen. Amen. All right. Bless you, church. We'll see you tonight.